Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome. Happy Father's Day. Live from Sherwood Forest. It's the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler. I'm not alone, although I don't have as many friends as I usually do, because Autumn Fisher is not here with us this week. She's doing family stuff in Milwaukee. And, but we do have our regulars, Jared Yamamoto. What's going on, Eric? And English Nick. Hello, my friend. And we will do the best we can. I have to let you know right now that uh, I am playing through some pain. I I believe that I... Uh, oh, I, come on. What, what, you don't even know what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> come on. What happened? What happened? I, I broke my pinky toe is what happened. What? So I bet you now want to take that back. Now, don't now you? Now I do feel like I do feel that, especially since it's Father's Day. So. Pinky toe, what do you do? There's nothing you could do. You know, no. My wife was telling me this morning, well, I could tape it to your other toe. I mean, like, <laughs> what, for six weeks, I'm going to take showers like that? It's a it's a pinky. I, when I need it, it'll hurt, uh, hopefully. Who are you kicking? I wasn't. I, I was kicking a, a, a chair. Apparently, uh, I was just walking, you know, through my house. And yeah. You know how it happens, and you do that thing where oh. you, you know, you swear in your head and everything until the pain goes away, and then <laughs> it goes away. And so I'm, I am playing through some pain, but uh, I'm a pro. I'm a pro. Happy Father's Day. I got to tell you, Father's Day means very little to me. It may have something to do with the fact that my dad took off when I was twelve. <laughs> I don't know. I don't look psychologically at this. But you have, very you have sons. I have sons yeah. and everything. But you know these minor holidays, I'm just not a big fan of. I, I you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas. <laughs> I've had some fun New Year's Eves. Uh, uh, I, I like I like the Memorial Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Those, those are those are good ones. Uh-huh. Other than that, I think the rest are just silly. Uh, but I'm not going to. I don't. I don't live it. You know, a Mother's Day I think is silly. But I'm not going to not get something for my wife. I do that. Uh, uh, I find birthdays now as I get older to be, uh, quite frankly, uh, depressing. So yeah. I'm not really into those. <laughs> but I wonder sometimes if I'm just saying that to myself. And I, I had proof this morning because, honestly, I was uh, my wife walked into the bedroom uh, with breakfast on a tray. Mm-hmm. She said, "Happy Father's nice. Day," and I swear to God, I said, "Oh, I." Father's Day. I had no idea, so I, <laughs> I proved to myself that I actually do walk it like I talk it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. just saying it. Um, but Happy Father's Day uh, to everyone, and uh, it's been a, a, a hell of a week in news. So let's go ahead and get to it. Headlines of the week. Jared Yamamoto and Eric. How could we not start in Charleston, South Carolina, where now alleged shooter Dylan Roof apparently had a manifesto with photos and yeah. uh, some more yeah. uh, sickish stuff inside it's a, it's a disgusting story you know what we're not gonna we're not gonna spend the whole show on this I, a lot is an awful lot has been said already and but i will tell you that i as i was putting the prep together for the show last night i came across that story and the manifesto and i linked i, I clicked the link and i went to it and i was I, I read about the first two or three paragraphs it's very long I read the first two or three paragraph and as I was reading it you know I was I was sort of as I do commenting back in my mind and for the most part thinking you know I really I can't believe that this Hitler song and dance is still out there and there are people buying it and all mm-hmm. that 
and so sort of analyzing it as I was as I was reading it. But I got to about the third paragraph, and it really occurred to me like an epiphany. I just stopped, and I thought to myself, I would not be reading this manifesto, analyzing this manifesto, having an opinion about this manifesto, if that guy hadn't gone and killed nine innocent people. And I just stopped right there, and I clicked away from it, and I'll never go back and read it. That dude does not deserve my analysis or anyone's analysis. And I came, even though I made the mistake of reading two or three paragraphs, my opinion right now is if you read that manifesto, that is an un-American act. Mm -hmm. Because if we suddenly put this manifesto up there and start criticizing it and analyzing it, we are telling future Dylan Roofs, this is the way to get your message out. Because if he had never killed those nine innocent people, no one would have read that manifesto. No one would have analyzed that manifesto. And to give him that platform is to give him obviously everything that he in his lunatic mind wanted. So that's my first thing. I, 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 I chastised myself for that. I didn't realize to the second or third par paragraph that I was doing exactly what this horrible person wanted me to do. So that's, that's my first thing on it. Second thing is, I've talked about this before, you know, debate is, is, the process of debate is broken in this country. We don't have the ability to debate things anymore. It's just people in corners and they just take up their, their little talking points and they start flinging you know what at each other. And that's exactly what, what happened here uh, very early on. And, you know, I, I believe that at the bottom of this, the left and the right are very scared about something that they will not admit. And that is that both sides do not know how to stop this. None of us have answers to this kind of behavior. This time it's racism with the Batman thing. Who cares what was in, in his mind? The Sandy Hook thing. We don't know. The left would like to control all guns, but they know that the Second Amendment is there, and they know that they're never really going to, they're only going to be able to eat at the edges. And if they're honest with themselves, because apparently if every piece of legislation that Obama wanted to go through after Sandy Hook had gone through, it still would not have affected this debate. Um, on the right, we can talk about legitimate things like mental illness and, and, and that sort of thing and what to do about that, not blame the gun, blame the person, try to figure out what's wrong. Uh, but the fact is, what do you do then? You know, wh what is the resolution there? Uh, we look at, at a Dylan Roof after the fact and we say, oh, well, there were red flags and he was busted for meth or whatever and, and he was spouting this racial stuff on, on, online and we should have seen it before it happened. Okay, maybe that's true, but let's say you do see it before it happens. This is the United States of America. What do you do? Do you, do you lock people up because they have certain red flags or do you monitor people more because they have certain red flags? We don't. Both sides do not have an answer. No one listening to me right now, no one who's writing from an editorial board, none of us knows how to stop this mm -mm. stuff. Because the way that I look at it, and I don't know that I'm right, because I'm not a sociologist or a psychologist or anything like that, but I look at these people. Dylan Roof, he wrapped himself up in, in uh, Hitler-like uh, ideology, the, the Batman guy, the Sandy Hook guy. It doesn't matter what they were thinking if you're the victim. 
It's the same thing. You're gathering with family and friends to do an activity, and somebody shows up and kills you in cold blood. What they're thinking? Who cares? You had the same, the, the nine people in that church had the same uh, experience as the people in that Batman theater, as the people at, at Sandy Hook. And, you know, we're talking about ticking time bombs here. And nobody has any answers. How do you stop a ticking time bomb in the hole? You may be able to intervene with somebody who's your next door neighbor who's going the wrong way anecdotally, but on the whole, as a society, the fact is we're all scared witless because none of us have answers. So we immediately fling poo at one another. That's what we do. It, it didn't take 24 hours before my Twitter stream was full of the basic, old, you know, the, this is the way that we argue in America. On the right, on my Twitter feed, can you believe that Obama brought up gun control in the first statement that he had about this and politicized it? And on the left, did you hear this NRA guy blamed the pastor for mm -hmm. his own, you know, that's debate in America now. And it's broken. And it's a reflection, I think, when it comes to this, of the fact that we're all scared because we all need to admit that we do not know what to do about this and we don't have answers on how to stop this in our society. But we're never going to get there. We're just going to fling, you know, you know what, back and forth. I, 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 people like Dylan Roof, the Sandy Hook shooter, the, uh, you know, all of them, I see them in my mind as you know human tornadoes or human deadly earthquakes you know that just show up and kill innocent people and you don't know why it doesn't seem to make any sense you know people are of nature and you're going to have these people who are wired wrong and what we do about that i don't have an answer for but i'm willing to admit that i'm willing to admit that when it comes to mass shootings my politics the way that i look at the world i have never been able to speak to this or say i know how to stop this i don't think any of us do i think it scares the hell out of us and that's why we just fling you know what at one another and that's the von hessler doctrine on that do we have time for another story should we break and come back and do uh, another story we sure do. we got plenty of time for another one right here we're okay. gonna let's keep it in the southeast here for headline too so it's a uh, it's officially summer as of yesterday and that means shark attacks are on the rise around the oh. country and especially in North Carolina, Eric. Yes. I don't know what's going on out there, but there's a lot of shark attacks. Well, we had what, two in 90 minutes. Insanely. That's yeah. insanely quick. And uh, I, I thought of like the Jaws, the movie Jaws, because why wasn't that beach closed? I mean, uh, one person is gets loses a limb, and then 90 minutes later down the same beach or a little bit further yes. down the line, yes. and I'm thinking about Jaws, like, <laughs> we need to close the beach. No, we'll lose all our money. We, own, we make all of our money this season. And I'm wondering, you know, if something like that happened. Also... Another part of this, I read a thing yesterday that said uh, they're thinking about keeping fishermen. Can we say fishermen or is that sexist? Fisher people. <laughs> we're, we're, we're keeping fisher people. Say fishermen, please. <laughs> fishermen. Oh, yeah. uh, from, we're thinking about passing rules and laws that say that you can't uh, fish for shark there. I don't know a whole lot about a whole lot. <laughs> But it seems to me that you should never have gotten into a situation where some people were fishing for shark while others were swimming <laughs> nearby. With the sharks. Did we need people to lose limbs for this uh, to become obvious? Uh. All right. Well, look, we have, uh, we're only getting started here, and uh, we have a lot to cover. And we don't have our friend Autumn Fisher, but we're going to persevere. And when we uh, return, a couple more headlines. 
Welcome back. Channel 2's Brad Nitz looking for a high around 90 degrees. And get this, a 10 on the Mellish meter. What? Did you hear me? I bring you glad tidings (laughs) of a 10 on the Mellish meter. This weather is brought to you by Shoemate. They are the official air conditioning of summer. Uh, you know, one uh, just one more thing on the shark attacks. Uh, my family, my my wife and my 17-year-old, were driving up to North Carolina for vacation for the week as this story broke. So I uh, text my son. said, look, there had been two shark attacks in that area. Both victims lost their limbs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it happened in uh, waist-deep water. And my son is 17 and a bit of a smart, you know what? So he texts back, that's why I only swim in weight in neck deep water. Okay, good. Make fun of your old man who's trying to try to help you out. But you know, when it comes to oceans, people make fun of me. I don't go in them. I don't go in them. I love being on the beach. Wonderful. Read a book. I love being on the beach early morning and uh, right at the time, right when the sun's coming down. On the sand. Yeah, on the sand. Yeah. I consider that water is somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. So as surely as if a dolphin walked into my house, I would kill it as soon as I could. <laughs> Well, a dolphin's not going to hurt you. Uh, well, not a dolphin. Yeah, Maybe that's yeah. a bad one. A dolphin, <laughs> I guess if a dolphin walked into my house, I would invite him to dinner. But if a shark walked into my yes. house, I would kill it. And uh, I'm not just talking about insurance salesmen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, to me, I just see it as their place. And right. I'm, I'm not going to go in there. And you're, you, you go, I don't get what's fun about swimming in the ocean. You feel like you ate like 3,000 French fries when you get out. My lips are all salty and nasty. So I will never be uh, bitten by a shark. That's something that I can guarantee you. Let's get to one more story. Please. Okay, so finally, Eric, Brian Williams is giving us the reason why why he made stuff up as a breaking news anchor, finally. Oh, yeah. What do we have there? Uh, get uh, clip eight, if you could, there, DeMarco. This is sensational. Looking back, it had to have been ego that made me All right, stop for one think second. I had to be... I know when you stop it, when we restart it, we'll hear the beginning again, but he sounds like he's talking about someone he's never met. Well, I've studied this situation, <laughs> <laughs> and it appears to me that the subject involved... It had to be ego. So we're already dealing with nonsense. Go ahead. Looking back, it had to have been ego that made me think I had to be sharper, funnier, prettier, uh, quicker uh, than anybody else. And now, so what's the solution now is that the uh, Lester Holt's going to take over the evening news. That's correct. And then what they're going to do is Brian Williams has been demoted to breaking news on MSNBC. A <gasps> oh, couple no. things here. One is, uh, what's wrong with Brian Williams? I'm assuming he has millions of dollars. And he's relatively young. You know what? You messed it up. No one's ever going to take you seriously anymore. If I was him, I would just say, you know what? I'm just going to go to a beach I'm just going to drink stupid fruity drinks for the rest of my life, read books. Why is the spotlight so, oh, yes, I will take this punishment. I'll go from anchoring the evening news on NBC to breaking news on MSNBC. So I wonder about this mentality with people. You know, if look, you want to stay in the game as long as you can, but why not just take your millions and just go have fun for the rest of your life? I do, it's like when you see Madonna desperately trying to still be hip and young. It's like, look, just get over it. You're aged like everyone else. Move on. You got 90 
billion dollars. If that doesn't produce a smile, nothing will. Uh, yes, Jared. Could you imagine being the program director of MSNBC at this time? Now, yeah. I mean, what? I mean, what? What are you thinking? They're like, well, oh yeah, we're just going to dump this guy off on you. We'll see. See how it works. Your well, it's going to help them because that's going on. That's the other side of what I was going to say. The real story here is. Bye-bye, Al Sharpton. Bye-bye, what's that guy's name? Christopher uh, Hayes. Uh, Chris Hayes. Yeah. Chris Hayes. The fact, NBC's being very, very smart here. MSNBC is a dog. It's a turkey. It's getting nothing. So we can bring Brian Williams over, and the real signal here is MSNBC is about to change big time because nobody's getting ratings. I mean, I think the lady that's on at night, I can't Rachel remember. Rachel Maddow? Yeah, I think that Maddow. she's Excuse basically me. the biggest star they've got, and you could put her ratings inside of a thimble. I mean, it, it's, not, it's, just, it's just big compared to everyone else. So... That's the two things. Brian Williams is uh, a spotlight whore, obviously. And can, how, how are you going to rehabilitate? Okay, this time I believe you, bro. How are you ever going to believe anything the guy said? There's a third thing here too. Yes. Why is he sounding like William Shatner all of a sudden? <laughs> because he wants that next. He wants to be the next spokesperson for Priceline. Because William Shatner's going to be dead soon. He's really, I really old. Don't know <laughs> what I was thinking when. We return. We're going to do a new segment called Campaign Chaos. Aren't you looking forward to that? Yes! What's hiding behind your siding? Wood rot? Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm joined by Jared Yamamoto. English Nick. Hello. Autumn Fisher has the week off. Hey, you know, Sunday means two things to me. The Von Hessler Doctrine and the Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This week, pick it up for an investigation that digs into why Georgia has the highest increases in auto insurance rates and why you can blame it on the politicians and the weather. You know the difference between politicians and the weather? What is that? Sometimes the weather is pleasant and you welcome it. <laughs> How about that? Where's my rim shot, DeMarco? Thank you very much. I'm on fire this afternoon. Okay, now I better be because we have a brand new segment and we don't even have an imager for it. So I, it's called uh, Campaign Chaos because that's alliterative. Is that how you say that word? Alliterative? I, it Alliter sounds right to me. Uh, alliteration? Alliteration? A <laughs> uh, little alliteration here? Campaign chaos, so I'll just do my own imager. Campaign chaos. Ba, ba, ba. Jared Yamamoto. So let's start off with Donald Trump announcing that he's going to run for president <laughs> in 2016, and his speech was uh, noteworthy, Ooh. to say the least. So, uh, okay. And he has no regrets with what he said. Well, I'll tell you something. I was sitting down. I saw the whole speech. I didn't know it was coming, and I, I sat down to eat lunch, and I turned on television, and they broke in, and I saw the whole speech. It was one of the most bizarre political presentations <laughs> I have ever seen. Let me say, first of all, I welcome him into the race because it's going to be fun. That's for sure. And he's blunt, and I like that in the idea of the debates. But did you watch the speech? The, the buildup was unbelievable. He, you know, he it took him forever to to show up. Neil Young's <laughs> "Rocket in the Free World." They play like the whole song, and then the Donald appears at the top of the escalator, and you know, kind of stands there Mussolini style. You know, yes, and then comes down the escalator. Then it takes him another two minutes. You don't see him, and then he finally bounds up on the stage and gives this speech that is just all over the place and off the top of his head. You're being nice, Eric. I, I'm, I'm being. I, <laughs> 
<laughs> I was. It was entertaining. I can tell you that. And it was. All right, here's. We're gonna go through a few of my favorite clips. Go to the first one there, Demarco. I will be the greatest jobs president that God ever created. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so first of all. <laughs> First of all, I mean, that's just precious. I can't make that funnier. I, don't, I can't be a humorist who, who you know, I, you know, I, you just have to let that stand on its own. Ugh. I will be the greatest jobs president that God ever created. And when God creates us, we do come out of different boxes. Apparently, he came out of the jobs creator box, <laughs> and we should all be so lucky. <laughs> now, now, let's go to another uh, moment. I will build a great, great wall. On Stop our for one second. Order, and I will have By the way, in democracies, the term "great wall" is usually something that we want more often. It's not. We don't associate that with communist China. Good. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Wait, wait. Uh, you laughed over the big bar. Hold on. Play it again. Play it like I will build a stick. great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. What? My words. Yay! Yeah, we're going to make them pay for it. Now, these other guys, they won't even they won't even build it. And I don't, he has to go overboard. Not only why everyone who's in favor of a ba- of a wall has no problem with us paying for it, but he he has to throw it in there that hey, you want to know what a great president I'm going to be, the best jobs president that God ever created. I'm going to build a wall and I'm going to make them pay for it. I mean, it's sheer lunacy, but you know, it's fun. It's going to take Mexico forever to pay for that wall. <laughs> That's some serious layaway right there. I mean, what is the What's their currency to our currency? About a thousand to one or something? It'll take forever. Take longer. You're right. It'll take 30 years to pay that. All right. And then, now this is more serious, but look, Donald Trump is one of these guys. I heard somebody else say this, so I'm stealing another commentator. But he he, he talks so much and for so long that he ends up saying things that are right, things that are wrong, things that are outrageous, and you can, like, you can seize on any one of them. But I will tell you this. No one will ever find a path to the presidency by generalizing an entire group of people in the country and calling them rapists. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. Some are good people from Mexico. Some, 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 but uh, for the most part, rapists. I mean, that, to me, look, I like the fact that you're blunt. I like you know you have to you have to watch out for these people who are so rich that they can just fund their own campaigns because although we don't all of us have a problem with the money in politics it does kind of you do kind of have people to answer to for but when you're just funding it yourself you can say anything I'll tell you the real danger here there's no no there's no way he's ever going to get the Republican nomination Mm-mm. but there is a danger that a guy with an ego like that I mean after all the greatest jobs president God ever created a guy <laughs> with an ego like that could get enough votes and enough momentum in the primary system that he could be convinced that he should run as an independent in the general election. And for those who are a little bit younger than me, you may not remember that the first Bill Clinton got into office, I think, with 43% of the vote. That's right. Because Ross Perot was there and uh-huh. split the Republican vote. And so although there's no danger that this guy would become the Republican nominee, he, it, he could be the way that Hillary Clinton gets into office if his ego keeps him going because he can fund himself in an independent campaign. So that's, uh, that's what I look for on that. But uh, along the way, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> 
on. Give me something else in campaign chaos. All right. So White House hopeful Rand Paul is backing a 14.5% federal flat tax, Eric. So that's kind of neat. I think it's fantastic. It's uh, exactly what the country needs. I don't know I don't know if Rand Paul is the person who can explain it. That's the problem. You need a, a Look, basically what he's saying is 14.5% for people, 14.5% for corporations, and that's it. You you fill your taxes out on, on, on just a small sheet of paper, mm-hmm. uh, an index card, if you will, and uh, no payroll tax in this. You would get the entire uh, gross pay that you have. It's engineered so that part of the 14.5% on businesses, they actually pay the payroll tax. Uh-huh. Um, so it would force... A couple of things, you know, one is you would have to make cuts because he said that the first priority for all the money that comes in is going to be the big entitlements, uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, those things. And then after that, you just have to make the government work with the revenue you have, which I'm very, that's what I have to do in my household. That's what everyone has to do. Mm -hmm. You can't just keep living in a way that you can't afford. So we would have to make cuts. He's, He's saying he wants to make cuts to the Department of Education and get rid of it altogether. Now, there's... This is how hard it's going to be to get a 14.5% thing, because everybody likes it at first, and all the Democrats are going to do is say, well, you know, you're going to lose your home mortgage write-off. What? I'm going to, you know, and they won't put it together that you're getting more money that you can keep right. and, you know, and, 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 and all that. So people, uh, you know, will kind of uh, run away from that. But, uh, you know, Rand Paul has to be somebody who can explain these ideas in a Reagan-esque way that makes you willing to sort of make that jump. And uh, and go with it because it's it's a it's a great change. He wants to go to the Department of Education, just like the home mortgage thing. You know, people just hear Department of Education. Most people, I believe, I have not done a poll. I believe that most people think the Department of Education has been around since the twenties or something. Mm-hmm. I, you know, most people do not know it started in seventy nine. Really? Yeah, it was a Jimmy Carter creation. Huh. So you need a candidate who not only says we're going to abolish the Department of Education. You need a candidate who go out there and say we've had the Department of Education since nineteen seventy nine. Can anyone on any side of the political spectrum argue that education is fuller and better in America now <laughs> since nineteen seventy nine than before nineteen seventy? Even if you didn't like it before 1979, can you say it's better now? Mm. The answer, of course, is no. It, you could lose the whole Department of Education tomorrow, and no one in this room, in this building, listening to my voice anywhere right now would <laughs> notice. But it's not a winning proposition right now. What? You're going to tell, oh, the Republicans, they just want to give more money to the rich, and then they don't care about the education of our children. You got to have a Reagan-esque guy who can put the other person on the spot and say, you tell me how education got better since 1979. I'll give you the floor. If I was in a debate, you know what? I'm skipping my next time. I'm giving my next time to my opponent right now because I want him to take that time and tell us all why and how education has gotten better in this country since 1979. But no one's like that, and I like to party too much, so I ain't running. Because <laughs> my belief is that in 2015, you can get away with saying, I did that when I was younger, but you can't get away with saying, I still do it now. Therefore, Eric Von Hessler will never be running for a higher office. Such a shame. You can, you can sort through that and pick out my meanings as we go. We have another story? Oh, we sure do. So, uh, in an attempt to be relatable, Jeb Bush slow jams the news with Jimmy Fallon. It's a pretty good interview that was on his the Jimmy Fallon show. So, now let me ask you something as I'm looking. Should we break now and come back to this audio? Because there's quite we, a bit. We, we can knock it out. Okay, very good. So, I know I always ask that, but I don't want to be rushed. I, you know, this is, to me, Jeb Bush, 
these candidates have to go do this late night stuff. I can't stand it, but the truth is you have to be able to do it because Obama was so good at it. Hillary's going to be terrible at it, but nobody cares. She gets a pass on every level. So you, I got to respect him for doing it. Some conservatives were upset because they thought it was a bit risque. And uh, so we have a few of the clips here. And you know how the slow jams works is the candidate says what they've done or did, and then Jimmy Fallon goes 70s sort of Barry White style right. with the same story. The governor thought long and hard about joining the GOP race. After months of being a total caucus tease, <laughs> Jeb finally made up his mind and quit beating around the bush. <laughs> Jeb really wants to get in the White House, but not as bad as Obama wants out. So there you go. So there's, people thought it was a little risque. Is we have another uh, example? I find this stuff. Well, to be. in my two terms as governor, I cut taxes every year, passed the first statewide school choice system, and created 1.3 million new jobs, the most in the country. So I know we can fix the problems facing our nation because I've already done it during my eight years in Florida. Mm-mm-mm. You got to listen to my man Jebediah. <laughs> He's got lots of experience down south. And give me just clip 13. I think it's the one people found mostly most risque. Whoever we choose will be tasked with changing the course of our country and whipping America into shape. You hear that, America? Jeb Bush just said he wants to whip you 50 shades of gray style. Jimmy, I think I speak for all Americans when I say you. You know the thing for a Think for Republicans, they just can't figure this out. He's got that name. They kind of don't like him. And he's obviously the best candidate. So what do you do? He's obviously the best spoken. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 <laughs> WSB. <laughs> Welcome back. It's very funny. Something that happened off the air was very, very funny. Perfect timing. I was trying to convince English Nick to tell me something. He said he couldn't tell me. And just as we were going on the air, he said, okay, if you don't tell anyone... <laughs> All right, what are we doing here? Uh, yes, uh, yes uh, Channel 2's Brad Nitz. This is amazing. A, a 10 on the Mellish meter Ding. is being called for. That's crazy. That's like 5 plus 5, right? That's that's 5 on top of 5. That's insane. There's the, the, the Mellish meter doesn't go any higher than 10, so you've got a, a great day. High around 90 degrees. This weather is brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. And I believe we have a couple more stories in our new segment, Campaign Chaos. Da, da, da. We sure do. In fact, this one comes from presidential hopeful Carly Fiorino, and she says, quote, get me on that GOP debate stage and I'll take on Hillary Clinton. Now, Carly Fiorina is interesting. I, I think that she's, for somebody who's not known, not well known, I believe she was the uh, CEO of Hewlett Packard. Yep. Am I right? That's right. Um, for a while. And I don't know how good she did there or how she bad. I'm, I'm not into business. You know, I but uh, she ran for Senate, I think, in California and lost she recently. Did. But she's been very good on the, uh, on, on, the, on the campaign so far, but she's not well known. And what she's lobbying for now is just getting into that Fox News debate because you have to be in the top 10. I don't understand this nationally. These are It's a New Hampshire debate, I believe. Is it, or is it taking place in New Hampshire? But whatever state is taking place in the Fox News debate. It's going to be in Ohio, in Cleveland, Ohio. No, no, that's going to be the convention. No, no, I'm this, talking, the, the first the Fox News debate in August is actually in the Quicken Loans Arena at, oh. uh, at, um, in Cleveland. So uh, I'll take your word for it, but if, uh, if that's wrong information, blame Jared, don't blame me. <laughs> 
then it should be but but you should be have to be popular in like Iowa, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. South this idea that you have to have national popularity when we're so far away from the general election right? doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, we should see how they're doing with the people who are about to caucus and, and do their primaries. But Carly Fiorina uh, is something Republicans need to figure out a way to get her on that stage because I don't believe there's any chance that she's going to get the Republican nomination. She's too new to begin with, and it, the Republican Party doesn't usually work that way. But she might, she, Republicans need to test the tires for vice presidential nomination here because if the if the nominee is a white male uh every time they go after hillary there's going to be this sort of sexist idea going Mm -hmm. on and it will be great she's proving she's doing the right thing she has a great strategy she's going after hillary all the time in very strong terms and basically what she's trying to sell republicans is i can be as hard on hillary as you want i can go after her because i'm a woman and i cannot be you know, they can't say it's sexism because I'm a woman. Now, she's not going to get the uh, nomination, but I do think that Republicans really need to figure out a way to give her a hearing and uh, and see if she should maybe be the vice presidential nominee. Look at that. Our first campaign chaos da, da, da. is in the books. There's been a lot of outrage this week, as there always is, because people are easily outraged. So we'll have English Nick in Outrage Corner when we return. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.